The first reading is taken from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 17. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel according to John, chapter 135 to 51. The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the, two whom Je- or one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, 
in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of Christ. As we remain standing, let us pray together. Father, we have come to see Jesus in your holy words. And as we've gathered and have come just as we are, grant us faith, grant us courage to step further into the journey of seeing Jesus, your Son, and to know him as our own Savior and as the Lord of our lives. We ask all of these in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. In our series going through John's gospel, we're pursuing what John had purposed in writing his eyewitness account about Jesus Christ. And John's purpose was that whoever would read his words in John's gospel, whoever would consider his testimony about Jesus, would come to believe, would come to believe in Jesus, would trust and acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. That's his purpose for this gospel. Now, as we will see in our reading, believing in Jesus is not as straightforward as ticking off Christian in the box in the census questionnaire. Believing in Jesus is not as simple as saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the Son of God. It's not as simple as saying that. Believing in Jesus is a very, very long journey. And we each find ourselves in different places along the way. Now, most of us, most of us tuning in are in the middle of it. A number of us are quite far along the journey. A few of us are giving it another shot, starting again on the road when we may have stepped off in the past or because we were probably hurt along the way. Some of us are unwilling. Some of us are not ready yet at this point to step in. Wherever you find, wherever you find yourself in the journey, John is inviting each one of us to come along, to come along and see, to come and see who this Jesus Christ is, whether for the first time or for the 10,000th time. Now we're reading from John that Michelle had read for us has a lot, has a lot of references about seeing, about looking, about beholding. So we'll, we'll look at what come and see means. We, we will look at what that means. And there are at least five ways of what this means to come and see Jesus Christ from our reading. So with that, I invite us to turn to our gospel reading in John 1. So first, come and see means come and consider. Come and consider. In verse 35, it's just been one day since Jesus showed up in public after being baptized in the River Jordan. 
Before then, John the Baptizer had been telling everyone about Jesus for some time now. See, the feature film is about to premiere, and John the Baptizer has been previewing to all of Israel the teaser trailer. So now in verse 36, Jesus, Jesus shows up again the next day. And John again points to Jesus and says, Behold, look at the Lamb of God. Now when two of John's followers heard this, they went and followed Jesus. Now obviously these two men, one of them being Andrew, Peter's brother, they were already open to what John had to say. They were followers or disciples of John. But then when John pointed to Jesus and said, He's the Lamb of God, these two men considered what he had to say about Jesus. If any of us were to start on this journey of coming along to see Jesus, we must first, we must first come and consider what others have said about Jesus. We first come and consider what the church and what many Christians have said and are still saying about Jesus. Now, this was mainly how the Christian faith had spread throughout the world when Christians talked about Jesus when Christians pointed to Jesus, when others considered what was said about Jesus. Now, if you're a Christian today, it's most likely because, it's most likely because another Christian, whether your family or your friend, a preacher, a Christian book you read, said something about Jesus, pointed you to Jesus, and you considered what they had to say about Jesus, how they lived it out, how they talked about him. As basic as it is, whether you're tuning into church for the first time or you've been Christian your whole life, consider again what the whole church has said about Jesus throughout 2,000 plus years. Consider what Christians continue to say about Jesus. Consider what Christians and what John here has said about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And consider what Jesus even said about himself, and he has a whole lot of these astonishing things he said about himself. Now, that's a, that's a lot to consider. That's a whole lot to consider. I myself have not considered all and every single data and research and teachings on Jesus, but we got to start somewhere. There's always that proverbial first step, and your first step will always be what's already in front of you, what's in front of your foot. I mean, as for these two early disciples, their first step was to take seriously what John the baptizer had said about Jesus. He's the Lamb of God. That got them thinking. That got them considering to then go, take that first step, and then to investigate Jesus. Which then leads me to the second point. Come and see us, come and consider. And secondly, it means come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. In verse 38, Jesus noticed the two men following him, and then he turned around and said to them, what, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? If you're choosing to get on this road, to continue on this journey to see Jesus, what are you hoping to see? What did you expect to find out? What are you seeking? Put it another way. If you were to become Christian, if you want to be Christian, why would you be Christian? Why would you be Christian? And if you're a Christian, why do you continue to be a Christian? Choosing each day when you wake up from bed to follow Jesus. What are you seeking from him? 
Why are you following Jesus? Why would you investigate Jesus? Now, growing up in the Philippines, I identified as Christian because I felt I needed to fit in into that religious world all around me. If I behaved religiously and morally in a religious and moral world, I would be fine. I would be fine in school, I'd be fine in church, I'd be fine in Sunday school, I'd be fine at home. So as a child, Christianity was a way for me to fit in. Now later on, moving to Toronto during my undergrad years, I I identified as Christian because it gave me this grand sense of purpose and fulfillment. I got involved in campus outreach, mission trips across oceans, envisioning with other young people a world transformed for Jesus. Now, as a young adult, Christianity was, for me, a sense of adventure, of awe, of purpose, of something to do bigger than myself in the world. Now, much recently, I identify as Christian because I desire, I've come to desire to be much closer to Jesus, to love him more as I should, to long for him more, to be pleasing to him. That's my hope. That's my aspiration. That's my prayer for myself. Christianity for me now is a committed pursuit of Jesus, encountering him each day, to feel and know him as a friend who loves me and who gave himself up for me. Now I share my own journey as I weighed out the value and merit of Christianity for myself through these years just to say that it's, it's a journey. It's a long journey. It takes time and we won't figure it all out from the start. What you may be seeking from Jesus today may be different from what you were seeking from him in the past or even afterwards. We're each coming to Jesus in different seasons, in different stages and sequences of our life with our own felt needs, wants, desires, our hurts, and our baggages. And that's the whole point, isn't it? To come to him anyways just as you are to see for ourselves what he has to offer, but more so, more so, to see him for who he is. It's my hope that we would not be on this journey just for what we can get out of Jesus, to be in it only for the things that Jesus will readily and freely give to us. Let's be in it for him. Let's be on this road to be close to him, to be beside him, to be near him, to be walking close to him, both to cherish the gifts that he offers us and to cherish him, the giver of all good and perfect gifts. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? To that question, the two men replied in verse 38, Rabbi, teacher, what, where are you staying? To that, Jesus invited them, come, and you'll see. So they spent the rest of the afternoon and that evening together at Jesus' place. See, Andrew and the other disciples wanted to see for themselves who this Jesus is all about, to see him at his home, to see him at his house, in his living space, at table to eat and drink and chat, to know how this Jesus lived. Come and see is then to come and see for yourself who Jesus is, how he lived, what he Love to talk about what he did every day, what his passions are all about. And today, you can get to see Jesus for yourself. Where? Inside the pages of the Bible. In the pages of the New Testament. 
in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I invite us to see for ourselves how Jesus lived his life in these pages, what he taught and preached, who he hung out with, who his friends are, who his enemies were, how he suffered and died, how he came back alive from the dead, and how he transformed and changed every person that he met. You need to come and see for yourself. So first, come and see means come and consider. Come and see for yourself. And then thirdly, it means come and see with others. Come and see with others. In verse 41, after spending time with Jesus, Andrew went to find his brother Peter and told him about Jesus. And then to verse 45, Philip, whom Jesus had found, went and found Nathaniel and told him about Jesus. As, as obvious and cliche as it sounds, the Christian faith is a communal enterprise. I mean, for us who are Christians, we each ourselves owe our personal faith in Jesus to those before us who preceded us. We're indebted and tasked to bestow the same faith to others, the same news of forgiveness, the news of transformation, the news of the coming of God's world into our own to others. This news, this good news. But you know what? Community and connection, they're not that easy. Community and connection, they're not that easy. Even with our gadgets and gears and our 5G, connection is not straightforward. For some of us, it comes naturally to share and connect with people. Other of us are private. We'd rather keep to ourselves. And then to, then to talk about Jesus with others and then to share with others about Jesus I mean, now especially during lockdown, we're at home alone or just with your household for a much longer time than we had dared imagine. Even in our own church community, we're always, we're always figuring it out how to keep everyone connected in a safe and meaningful way, even as the rules are always changing. So how are we even to get other people to come along with us, to come and see Jesus with us? How do you do that now? We're all trying to figure it out. It's so much better that we are together to figure it out. Together, in prayer, in time, in frustration, in hope, in patience. And you don't have to be patient on your own. You can do it with others in community. Together in faith that Jesus has come to us in his flesh and is staying at home. Staying at home with us in the spirit. This is my plug. This is my plug for small groups. If you're not in a small group in our church, I encourage you to sign up. I encourage you to sign up. You can email me at olao at littletrinity.org and I can connect you with our small group coordinator. I mean, that may be too big of a step for you right now, but it may be, it may be the right one at this moment. You don't have to be on your own this time. But if you need to be on your own Right now, that's okay too. Just don't disconnect from any of this, from any of us, from the people who love you and who are friends with you. Now, another thing about community, it's, it's not neat. It's not easy. It's messy. People are different and people will disagree. In verse 46, when Philip told Nathaniel about Jesus, 
Nathaniel was straight up offensive. He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That hick town. That was not PC and that was an insensitive thing to have said. Now in community, people will say weird and disagreeable things. People will be offensive. There will be conflict. And many of us get nervous and awkward and testy around conflict, aren't we? So with no filter, Nathaniel just threw out his honest theological question. That was a theological question. At Philip, do our holy scriptures say anything that the Savior of Israel, our Messiah, would come from the town of Nazareth? That was an obnoxious question, but that's a legitimate theological question. Now, how did Philip respond? The end of verse 46. Come and see. Come and see. Philip didn't defend. He didn't justify. He didn't stutter his initial views about this guy. Philip didn't react or took offense. He didn't call Nathaniel out. He could have done all of those things. And Philip didn't have to know all the answers. Instead, Philip invited Nathaniel to come and see for yourself. And you know what? I'll go with you. Just come with me. Let's see Jesus together. If you're skeptical, if you're doubting, that's fine. You're with me. And that's, there's enough trust between these two friends that that awkward, weird encounter, that weird conflict they just had, that didn't have to ruin anything that they had. Because there was so, something much bigger than them as people. Much bigger, bigger than their own friendship. Much bigger than that real theological debate that was happening about the Messiah right there. Because they have yet to see Jesus. This is what Christian community is. Seeing Jesus together. See the fundamental thing about Christian community and the church, that should also be here at Little Trinity, is that Jesus is bigger than our differences, bigger than our disagreements, than our conflicts, even bigger than what is common to us and what we celebrate. We are still here to see Jesus So let's see him together with others. So come and see. It means come and consider. Come and see for yourself. Come and see with others. Then fourthly and quickly, come and be seen. Come and be seen. In verse 47, Nathanael did go to see Jesus, but then it says that it was Jesus who saw Nathanael. It was Jesus who saw Nathanael. Now seeing Nathanael, Jesus said to him, Look, here's an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Then Nathanael said, How do you know me? Jesus responds, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now Jesus' remarks were incisive and touched the very heart and core of who Nathanael was. I mean, we just saw it right before. We saw how candidly honest Nathanael was, right? Everything comes out of him just as they are. Nathaniel would just puke out his thoughts. There is no deceit. There's no pretense. There's no mask. There's no facade about this Nathaniel guy. Now, we don't know exactly what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree because that wasn't the point. The point was Jesus had special knowledge about Nathaniel that it was enough for Nathaniel to be convinced that Jesus was no ordinary guy that he could see through you and know through you in and everything about you. This is something else. This is someone else. To come and see Jesus means that you must be ready, that we must be ready to allow ourselves to be seen, to be open and to become 
open, to be opened up, to be known and to be understood. That can be so terrifying. And that can be so freeing at the same time. But with Jesus, you don't have to put on a mask. I mean that metaphorically. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to put it, you, be, you don't have to be all put together. You don't have to prove yourself or run away and hide. Jesus sees you as you are right now and he invites you to come and follow me. Now, Pastor Tim Keller wrote this in one of his books. To be loved but not known is comforting. But that's superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and to be truly loved, well, it's a lot like being loved by God. It's what we need more than anything. Come and be seen by him who will not shoo you away, who will not condemn you or shake his head at you, who will not push you away to the margins, who loves you just as you are, but will not leave you just as you are, but will remake you to be as you should be. Come and be seen by Jesus Christ. Now lastly, come and see means come and see greater things. Come and see greater things. In verse 50, Jesus said, Because I said to you, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened. And the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That last bit, Jesus was referencing our reading from Genesis. From the time when Jacob ran away from home, when his brother Esau was out to kill him. Because Jacob, in all of his deceit, had cheated Esau from his birthright and blessing. So Jacob ran with only what he had on him. So out in the wilderness, Jacob had not even a cloak for a pillow, so he took one of the million rocks around him to rest his head. Falling asleep, he dreamed a vision. Now Jacob saw a ladder set up where he lay, and the top of it reached to heaven, and above it was God. And he saw the angels of God climbing up and down on that ladder. And at that, Jacob awoke and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob named this place where he lay Bethel, which is Hebrew for house of God. It was then that God, for the very first time, for the very first time, God disclosed himself to the patriarch Jacob. That was the first encounter of Jacob and God, whom God then later renamed Israel, with whom God instituted a special covenant, a special relationship that revealed his divine plans to bless the whole world through Israel's or Jacob's family and descendants. And then, hundreds and hundreds of years later, here in our gospel, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened, the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, reference to himself. That is, you'll see the angels of God going up and down on Jesus. He didn't say, you've got to see angels coming from me, or coming through me, or to me. It says, but on me, on the Son of Man. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying that he is that ladder. 
He is the only access point in the pathway on which the angels of God go to and from between heaven and earth. Angels being the messengers of God who carry his messages and secrets, who reveal the mysteries of heaven, who disclose the will and purposes of God for humanity and history. Jesus is saying that when you come along and see him, you're seeing for yourself the only way, the only portal to access and understand and know who God is, his inner thoughts, his inner heartbeat. Jesus is the peephole into the deepest chambers of God's mind and heart. Jesus is the tear across the curtain and fabric between the earth and the heavens. Jesus is the crack in our present darkness through which God's like births forth into our world. This is to say that when you come along and see Jesus today, you are seeing a reality much bigger than this pandemic, a reality much bigger than your present troubles, your job loss, your marriage breakdown, your illness, your loneliness, your depression, your boredom, your busyness and exhaustion, the sufferings and pains of your friends and loved ones. I'm not saying that any of these don't matter, but I'm saying that they do matter a whole lot more than how we may see them right now. Because when we don't see Jesus for who he is, if Jesus is not who he says he is, then your suffering, this pandemic, your loss and sorrows, they don't have any ultimate meaning. There is no heaven above. There is no hell below. There is no reward or judgment. There is no life after you're gone. This life is all you have. It's all you get. And this is it. But that's not true. That is not true. Jesus is saying, come along and see. See the chambers of God open up to me and I will bring you along inside and you shall see God. I will make sense of your life. I will make sense of your travail. Everything feels old because I've not yet made things new again. Everything may feel empty because I've not yet filled all things. Everything may feel dead and gray because I've not yet breathed life into all things, and to coat the universe with the colors of heaven that will not chip or be washed out or fade away. See the heavens open up on Jesus with the angels of God. The messages and secrets of his will and purposes flow in and through him and on Jesus Christ. He is the bigger reality, more than just our own. Come and see greater things in Jesus. The journey to see Jesus is far and long, and we are each invited to step on that road wherever you are, however you find yourself this day. Come and consider what the church throughout the world and the ages has said about Jesus. Come and see for yourself in the pages of the Bible, in the words of Holy Scripture. Come and see with others, with your friends, your neighbors your co-workers, even with strangers. Come with your questions, with your doubts. Come with your faith and lack thereof. Come and be seen. Be surprised. Be open. Be opened up. Be known and understood and loved by God. Then come and see greater things. See the heavens open up on Jesus Christ. For in him is a far bigger and better world than our own, and our world is waiting for that coming. Come.
and you will see. Amen. You've just listened to a podcast from Little Trinity Church in Toronto. Please check out our website at www.littletrinity.org to find out more about our ministries and services.